from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Many of us have a fascination with the criminal justice system. Courtroom scenes in both movies and television are filled with drama and suspense, keeping the audience on the edge of their seat. For decades, there was an entire cable network dedicated to courtroom trials. Recently, the infamous O.J. Simpson was granted parole, and many were waiting in anticipation to hear the verdict just as they did nearly 25 years ago when he was on trial for murder. And since that compelling trial, there have been many more so-called trials of the century. Why is it that we have this unusual fascination with the legal system? When we're watching the drama of the courtroom, oftentimes we're watching a person's life hanging in the balance of the scales of justice. And since humans are in a fallen state and sinful, sometimes we see justice carried out and other times we see justice subverted. The interesting thing is when we see justice subverted, we get angry. That is because we have a law written on our hearts that tells us what is right and what is wrong. But did you know that you too will go on trial one day? That trial will be before the only bar of justice where the law is perfectly applied and absolutely just judgments are always handed down. Are you ready for that day? Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, When Called Before the Judge. And now may we hear the word of God as it is found in the first epistle of John, 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. The infallible word of the living God. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And may God speak to us today through his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. It seems that these days you can hardly turn on the TV news without seeing something about a court case, whether it's T 
terrorists charged with murder, individuals charged with the murder of a spouse and child, or others charged with child abuse. It seems that we're being drawn into the courtroom all of the time. And if that's not enough, how many programs are there now with Judge Judy and Judge Joe and Judge whoever on the tube? Well, I suppose that is indicative of the fact that there is something fascinating about the courtroom that we seem to love to watch it and see what happens. Or surely there are tremendous issues that are at hand, consequences of tremendous portent that are resolved. And I'm sure that many an accused has cowered in terror before visions of electric chairs or guillotines or hangman's nooses or suffocating gases. Yes, there's something very terribly fascinating about a courtroom. You need a lawyer. That was the statement that shocked the world about two decades or so ago. It was issued by the Judicial Commission of the State of Israel to examine the Beirut massacre. But these words were not made to common criminals, but rather to Prime Minister Menachem Begin, Defense Minister Sharon, and a number of other cabinet members. The government's words were these. You, this may be harmed, harmful to you. You need a lawyer. Today I want to call your attention to the most famous of them all, one that you don't remember because it hasn't yet happened. I'm talking about a case, a trial more important than any ever decided by the Supreme Court or any parliament or senate, more important than the trial at Nuremberg, will be the greatest size, the final judgment bar of God. And in that case, eternal destinies will be decided, and we will at that time know whether we will spend eternity in the joy and the bliss of paradise or in the pain and punishment of eternal hell. And I want to invite you to look through the clouds into the future of that great day when the whole world is gathered in serried ranks and the judgment throne has been set up. The greatest eyes is open, the books are unlatched, and the accusations and sentences are read. And my friend, you are the defendant. And I am commissioned as an agent of that court to remind you and to warn you that these proceedings may be extremely harmful to you. You need a lawyer. But hush now, it is too late. The court is in session. The command is given, all rise, and the great the holy, the magnificent, the all-powerful judge of the universe takes his seat upon the judgment throne. The prosecuting attorney, none other than justice himself.
He stares at you with a stare that pierces you to the heart and causes you to shiver in fear. And then he speaks, Your Honor, I bring an indictment against this man in ten counts, and they are your holy law, Your Honor. And the prosecution maintains that this defendant has violated and broken each and every one of those laws. And at that moment, there's a huge explosion, the sound of thunder as at Mount Sinai, and a flaming finger writes upon the marble walls above the judgment throne, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Guilty, Your Honor, this defendant has had many gods, not of wood or stone, but the gods of money or fame or pleasure or sex, whatever it may be. But many of these have taken precedence over thee. He is guilty, Your Honor. Again, the sound of thunder, the flaming lightning, the words upon the wall, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. And yet, Your Honor, this defendant has bowed down and served many of these other gods, more than you. He's given himself to them, and you have taken second or third place in his life. And again, the finger writes, the commandment is read, Thou shalt remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Guilty, Your Honor, this defendant has violated your Sabbath day times without number. Over and again, he has ignored it entirely, pretending that the command has never been given, and he has gone his own way and done his own thing, and you, O oh God, have taken the hindermost. He is guilty, Your Honor, and again and again, guilty, 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 till finally the commandments are completed. Your Honor, you yourself have said in your word that the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. And I have given clear evidence that this man has sinned against all of your commandments, and they are your honor, your holy laws, which he has violated. And therefore, I declare that he is guilty and deserving of the punishment of death. Yea, Lord, that he be cast out and down into the depths of hell, that he might receive the wages of sin, which is death and hell forevermore. Nay, Your Honor, I do not ask it. I demand it. In all, on the basis of all that is just and righteous, I demand it. On the basis of Your own name, O Lord, which He has blasphemed, I demand it. On the basis of the testimony of conscience, I demand it. On the testimony of His own admissions, I demand it. Yea, Lord, I demand that this defendant die. The prosecution rests, and I whisper to the defendant as an agent of the court, did I not warn you? Did I not tell you that these proceedings could be extremely damaging to you and that you needed a lawyer and you merely smirked 
at the thought that you, righteous person that you supposed yourself to be, needed any lawyer at all? And now do you see what I have said? But wait, justice stands for summation. Your Honor, there is no defense. His case is quite evidently unwinnable. No accusation has been challenged, and therefore I challenge this court to mete out the appropriate justice which he condignly deserves. Who shall you find, I say, to defend ignoble you? There is none. And who would take such a case? It is obviously unwinnable. Your guilt is incontrovertible. But look, who is this? Someone arises out of the serried ranks and walks down the aisle toward the great golden throne. It is, it is the Savior. It is Jesus of Nazareth, the man of Galilee, the Son of God. His white garments are splattered with blood. As he draws closer, we can see that his face is suffused with tears. And he says, Your Honor, I would say to defend this man. And may I begin that defense by saying that every accusation against him has been true and accurate, that he is guilty of all that has been charged against him, that he has indeed broken your holy law, that he has indeed defamed your church, that he has indeed violated and would violate the very glories and purity of paradise if he were admitted in, that he has blasphemed your name and, Your Honor, my name as well. But I would endeavor to defend him with this. I ask, Your Honor, that you examine my face and you see the tears, and you well know that they were shed for him. You see the blood splattered upon my robes and running down my body, blood that was shed for him in Gethsemane and other on Calvary, all for his sins. I know that with his hands he has handled unholy and ungodly things, and yet I would present to this court my own hands, pierced for his sin. I know that his mind has been the home of unclean and illicit and evil thoughts, and yet I would call the attention of this court to the fact that my brow, pierced and bleeding, has suffered for that which went on in his mind. Furthermore, he has gone places that have made both you and me ashamed of him and has brought disgrace upon his church, which he professes to be a member of. But I would have this court note that my feet have been pierced, are caked with blood, and all of this was done for him. Yes, Your Honor, all of his sins have been paid for. I acknowledge that he deserves naught but wrath. But I would have the court know 
that that wrath has already been poured out. And it was poured out upon me as I hung in his place upon a cross at Calvary. And that I endured that wrath beyond what he or any other mere mortal could possibly comprehend. An infinite penalty was mine, and this was done for him. I acknowledge that he is deserving of death, but, Your Honor, you know that I died in his place, and I suffered the torments of hell upon that cross for him. And it would not be just It would indeed be the height of injustice that his sins should be punished once upon me and then a second time upon him. Therefore, Your Honor, I ask, not based upon mercy, but I ask, nay, I demand, based upon justice, that you cannot punish the same sins twice and they have already been punished in my body and soul. I demand that justice be done and this man be exonerated and freed. The defense rests. Ah, my friend, your case has brightened considerably. A hopeless situation now has hope. What shall this the judge decide. But here now, he returns to his bench, and the judge speaks. Let us hear these words which cannot be altered, cannot be changed forever and ever and ever. Your entire future rests upon these words. Straining to hear every syllable, we listen as the judge speaks, saying, The judgment of this court is that there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Case closed. Ah, my friend. Indeed, this was a glorious victory. But I would say not merely to you, but to all listening to my voice, that each of you will one day stand before the judgment of God. There is a judgment not only of Christians, but of unbelievers as well. Not only to saints, but as sinners as well. And how will you do in that day? when the law of God thunders against you and your violations in thought and word and deed are known unto all and the secret things of a sinful life are brought into the light of day. How will you do when conscience, your own conscience, rises up and accuses you? How will it be when the world cries that you are a hypocrite? How will it be, my friend, when you must face the fact that the great advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, had offered his service to you, and you rejected them. You mocked at them. And now even Jesus Christ, the great advocate, the great lawyer, the great defender of souls, must confess before this great 
convocation of men. Your Honor, I offered my services to him, and he turned them down. He rejected his own salvation and sealed his eternal condemnation. How will it be, my friends, in that great day? Ah, yes, those proceedings could be extraordinarily dangerous and harmful to you. You, you, desperately need a lawyer. May we pray. O Christ, you have said in your word that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Lord, we confess that we have sinned not once or a hundred or a thousand times, but more times than we can number, and are guilty and hopeless in the light of that great day, when everything will be brought out of darkness into the brilliance of the light of justice. O oh God, but we rejoice that now there is yet time. We may have rejected your offer of your glorious service. But now, O oh God, seeing our plight, seeing the danger that we are in, we eagerly say, O oh Christ, if thou would condescend to be my advocate, to be my lawyer, I would gladly accept it right now, saying, Lord Jesus Christ, I confess that I am guilty, but pray that you will take my case and that you will display your hands and feet and side and brow, wounded so grievously for me. Lord Jesus Christ, be thou my Savior, my God, my Lord, and my hope. This I pray in thy most glorious and incomparable name. Amen. Did you pray just now, asking Christ to be your Savior and Lord? If you did, then Jesus himself says, He who believes in me has everlasting life. The Bible doesn't say might have everlasting life. It says has everlasting life. The debt has been paid and the gift offered freely by your advocate, Jesus Christ. To help you begin to grow in your faith, we'd like to send you the book Dr. Kennedy wrote for new believers. It's beginning again, which is precisely what you're doing. It contains the book of John from the New Testament. And it's a great place to begin reading the Bible because it's all about Jesus and what he did for us. You'll also find answers to frequently asked questions and much more. To receive your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And may God richly bless you. As Dr. Kennedy showed us, before God's bar of justice, we all need a lawyer. And not just any lawyer. 
We need an advocate who is holy and sufficient, one who paid the price for our sins, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And on earth, God calls us to seek justice and to correct oppression as a reflection of his own perfect justice. Too often in America, judges have not applied the law justly. An entire generation of Supreme Court justices and federal judges has substituted their own liberal policy preferences in place of the text and the original meaning of the Constitution. By God's grace, President Trump has consistently nominated avowed constitutionalist judges to the federal bench, but more than 60 of them are stalled as opposing senators obstruct their confirmation. We have put together a petition to Senate leaders calling upon them to use their expanded majority to get these good and qualified judges confirmed immediately. This represents the best opportunity in decades to return the judicial branch to its proper role of judging rather than legislating from the bench. Let the Senate hear from you by signing this urgent petition online at djkm.org forward slash judges. That address again to sign the petition to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham calling upon them to move forward with the confirmation of these 60 plus judges is djkm.org forward slash judges. And we also have a vital resource to share with you that shows how we can counter the secularism that has been imposed on us by judges, and that is chiseling away at our freedoms. As our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry, we will send you our book, Reclaiming the Lost Legacy, the Founders and the First Amendment. This book details the illegitimate removal of God from government and how we can reclaim America's biblical heritage. It's our thanks for your generous donation to the work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888 332 3069 or go online to djkm.org reclaiming the lost legacy features chapters from the works of dr kennedy judge roy moore and myself as well as many other scholars this compelling book explores america's deep heritage of freedom and will remind you why it's worth preserving today and it will set forth concrete steps for how we can do it. We will send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you 
next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.